And we've been discovering what a new life in Jesus Christ can look like and how a relationship with him and following him can impact things in our lives like, like our families and our, our marriages, our jobs, our work, and even how we can share our faith with others that were around. And so throughout this series, each week we've been reading uh, a memory verse together from uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. And although we've done that each and every week together, we haven't really stopped to take a look at what those verses really mean. And so we want to take a few minutes to do that together this morning. But before we do, this is the last week of our Colossians series. And so that means this is the last week that we'll be reading these verses together. Uh, so, so one last time here, as we get started, let's, let's say these together, our memory verses. Or should I, should I even take these off the screen? We don't need them, right? Oh, all right, I'll leave them up. All right, here, let's do this together. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Good. You know, Paul, he begins these verses with two simple words, yet extremely powerful words. He says, so then. Hey, Josh, I'm having trouble with this. Can you help me, please? Thank you. So then. He says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, and although they're two simple uh, words, there's a lot loaded into them because he's saying in these two words, it's because of what I have already told you. And what he's already told them is he's reminded the Colossians that Jesus is the creator, that he is the king, that he is supreme over all things. He has reminded the Colossians with these two words that this is the reconciler who has died for them so that they may live and so that we may live. So then, powerful words there. But then he goes on. And he says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. And, and so in this verse, Paul's verb here, you received, actually belongs to a pair of verbs. It's a pair of verbs that means to transmit and to receive. To transmit and to receive. What Paul's saying here is that the message about Christ has been transmitted to the Colossians. It's been spoken to them. It's been given to them. They've heard it. This is important to note, though, because I think we all know just because a message has been transmitted doesn't necessarily mean it's been received. If you're married, you know that. I know there are times my wife has transmitted messages to me that I have not received. If your parents, you know that. You have transmitted messages to your kids. You hope they receive, but they don't always. And, and, so, and so it is important when you say something, you want to know that it's heard and received. When I send something in the mail, I want to know that the person got it. When I send a text message, I want to know that the person that I was sending it to got that text. There's nothing worse 
than sending something important in the mail or sending a text message filled with important information and not knowing for sure that the person even got it. I'm the guy who pays extra for delivery confirmation. I, I, want, I want that text back that just says, got it, or K, even if it's just the letter K. You send it to me so I know that you got the message. I need those things. And I, I want to know it's received. And so what Paul's saying here is that the Colossians, they both heard the message. It was transmitted to them. But they also received the message that Jesus Christ is Lord. They received this. And that makes me wonder, in your life, and you're sitting here today, maybe you've come to church before, You've heard this message about Jesus Christ. You've been transmitted the message of who Jesus is and what he has done. But just hearing it, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily make the difference. I guess the question is for you this morning, have you received it? Have you received the message about Jesus Christ? And, and I tell you, Paul reminds us here, upon hearing it and receiving it, that, that, that it's going to be followed up with some kind of a behavioral pattern change. In this verse, Paul immediately, he follows up those words, having received, with a call to continue to walk in him. Just look at what he says next. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. You know, these words literally mean to walk in him. And he's not talking about just a casual stroll here. No, no he's talking about what it means to truly live our lives following Jesus. And so here at the chapel, you, you hear us weekend after weekend, we get up here and we say, our mission here at the chapel is to help people move one step closer to God and to each other. And what Paul's saying here is that since you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, that is, that you've heard about Jesus and you've responded to him in faith, you've asked him to be the leader of your life, the forgiver of your sins, your Lord. After that, you must move forward. He's challenging us that, that once we do that, and we, and we have received, and we, we start to follow and take those next steps, that we have to move forward, taking our next steps with him towards Christ and each other. So Paul's saying, this is the key. Move forward. And that's why here we're always about next steps at the chapel. We're always about moving one step closer because that is the most significant thing a believer in Christ can do is take a next step. And this morning we see people doing that to baptism. This is, this is a big next step for several people this morning who are Christ followers. This is an outward symbol of an inward decision that's been made. This is, this is them saying, I am announcing publicly to everyone that, that I have received the message about Jesus Christ. I believe, I have confessed to him, and I want to follow him with my life. 
And I want everyone to know that that is happening. And so in a few moments, we're going to be doing that together and we get to share in that. That's incredible that we get to do that today. But then Paul goes on here and he says, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Here we see Paul using uh, horticulture words and architectural words, both of these the Colossians would have been familiar with. And both have to do with, with growth and the foundation of our lives. Both uh, roots are, are, are needed to receive nutrients. They're needed to receive water from the soil. They provide us with stability. They provide us with strength. They hold us to the ground firmly, fixing us there. And this is crucial, we all know, because when the winds come, and the winds will come, when the drought hits, the droughts will hit. When that harsh climate of life comes, we need strong roots. Strong roots are going to be necessary for, for survival. And then, and then in terms of architecture, the, 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 we're rooted and built up in him. That literally means to be built on him. And I can tell you this much, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself and say that in my life, there's been a lot of times when my roots were not strong. When the foundation that I was building on was a foundation that, that was crumbling around me. And I can pinpoint those times in my life because they're the times that I was running around crazy trying to control everything. I was trying to manage my own life and my own strengths, making my own decisions, going my own way, and stuff was caving in. I can pinpoint those times in my life that that's happened. But Matthew, in the book of Matthew, in the gospel, he tells us that those people who are rooted and building their foundation on Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, and then they take steps to move forward, he says this about them. He says they're wise, like a builder who builds on the foundation of rock. It's the root system in our life and the foundation of our faith. It's through that that we're going to be strengthened in Jesus Christ, and so I wonder these questions. What, what is your foundation built on? And the foundation that you're building on, will it crumble? Can it sustain you? The roots that you're digging down into, when the drought and the winds of life hit you, Are you firm? Are you secure? Are, are you fixed to the ground? You know, the answer to those questions leads us to the end of this verse in which Paul tells us the, the end result. He says there should be an overflow in thankfulness. And he concludes, he says, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught 
and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, this week is, is Thanksgiving. But what Paul is speaking of here is so much deeper than, than the Thanksgiving that, we, that we're celebrating. It's a thankfulness that comes from a deeper place. It's a thankfulness that comes from realizing all that Jesus is, all he is, who he is, what he has done in my life, and the difference it's made in my life. That thankfulness and the realization of that leads me to a place of gratitude and thankfulness that's far deeper than I think my words can even express. So we continue to live our lives in Him. We take our next steps in Him. We're rooted in Him. We're built up on Him so that we have the stability for the storms and the droughts of life. And then we end with deep gratitude for this. How can we not be thankful? In fact, this word thankfulness in this verse, it's similar to uh, an act of confession. And it's the kind of thankfulness that points us to a need for continued worship through which we will on and on affirm and reaffirm his lordship in our lives. And so through that, that leads us to the moment we've been waiting for, baptism. Baptism is an act of thanksgiving. It is an act of confession. It is an act of of, of worship. 